like the dog treats, but mintier. Get your spells prepared because in this week's episode of Beans Talk, we'll be discussing plant nurseries and why they're important for sustaining your critter's environment. So we've covered using cleanup crews to help maintain your critter's home, and now we need to add plants into the mix. Plants help clean the air and give both your critter and the cleanup crew somewhere to hide and climb on. But why would we go through the trouble of putting plants in there when we know they're just going to die or be destroyed? Well, like we just said... It helps keep the air clean. It gives your critters some more interaction within their enclosure. And honestly, if you can find the right plants, you don't have to worry about that so much. Right. And they're good at cleaning the air and cleaning the soil. So they they can be really, really good to pair with your cleanup crews. Yeah. Especially like springtails and isopods. They love nesting in the roots, which I know would make some people panic and not want them. But they're not going to destroy the root system. They're just going to hide in there. It protects the colony from predators, such as your critter. So having a small plant nursery provide. Wait, nope. Wrong one. Yeah, try that again. <laughs> Depending on the critter and cleanup crews used, your plants may not live very long. A destructive critter will uproot plants or eat them or just flatten them out. Sometimes plants will just not take root in your new environment. Whatever the reason, plants will die and need to be replaced. You could purchase the new plants and wait for delivery and then replace the broken or dead plants. Or, you know, could walk on over to your new plant nursery, pick up a new fresh plant, and replace it. Yeah, uh, the walk may be a little longer than in the same room. Most likely it'll be longer than that. Yeah. But, you know. It doesn't have to be. Wishful thinking. Yeah, well, there's good uh, indoor growing oh. setups. Yeah, but what are the odds you have the room for all of your critters and a plant nursery? Probably not good. Yeah. Plants will die. It's yeah. inevitable. Like yeah. with Speedy, not a single plant goes in and comes back out alive. No. Well, she's a, she's a burr. Yeah. She likes to dig them up. Critters that love to dig are awful to have plants with. Well, it's easier in the arboreal setup because the plants can take a nice deep root. That's true. In, in desert, they're not going to do that. No. It, the soil won't get compacted around it, so it's always going to be loose. That and most desert plants are plants that your desert critters would love to eat. Right. Like Speedy with Watch Chain. Yeah, well, that's where they get their water yeah. most of the time. And just because your desert critter is gulfing down the plants does not mean you're not watering them. It's just what they do. Yeah. That's just part of it. So having a small plant nursery provides you with a fresh supply of plants, and not only for decorating, but also for feeding your herbivores and omnivores. To begin, you will need nothing more than a small container, large enough for the number of plants you want to grow, potting soil without pesticides. Very important. Right. Because most potting soil does have pesticides, but we want those pests. Yeah, exactly. They're not, they're not pests to us. Isopods, springtails. We love them. Yeah. I recommend the uh, potting soil we were talking about last week that we use for our isopods and stuff. The evergreen. Yeah. It's really good. You also want to make sure to have access to sunlight or a grow light. And, of course, your plants. 
When you begin your nursery, you will most likely have an assortment of plants. So just make sure that each plant has the room it needs to be healthy. You will need to do research for the plants to be sure they can cohabitate with each other if you're planning on using a single container. Yeah, so let's talk about plant cohabitation. It's not all plants draw the same nutrients from the soil. Right, and despite what a lot of people think, plants are living things and they will compete for resources. Yes, very much so. So if you have something, especially like a, like a pothos, mm-hmm. it's going to spread out even in the root system. Yeah. Most of what a pothos does is above ground and it puts down root spikes, but that will still take over other things like um, if you grow if you're growing lettuce or cabbage. Right. Their root systems are more of a ball straight down and then above they spread out a little bit, but not as much as a pothos. Right. And I think the rattlesnake plants are a really good example of that as I had one with our chubby frog exhibit. It didn't take up very much room with its leaves, but its root system would choke out anything around it. Right. It's, it has very aggressive roots. They grow deep and wide. Yeah, like we'd take it out to cl- replace the substrate and the um, actual plants, like the size of a small plate, but the root system was stretching out across the entire 40-gallon enclosure. Yeah, which is good for that plant. Right, but bad for the pothos we had on the other side. But if you have something else with an aggressive root system, those two can cohabitate because the roots will stop each other or, right. or intermingle. Right. The, so just be aware of what your plant does, how it grows, not just above ground, but also underneath. Right. And what nutrients they need. So once you have your materials, it's time to grow. Place the container or containers in a secure place. Be mindful of critters, especially the furry ones. Cats love to play and lay in garden beds. If you are relying on natural sunlight, make sure the plants are getting enough. Most plants will require at least eight hours of direct sunlight if they're outdoor plants. So be sure to check the light requirements. If you are using a grow light, you will also need to make sure the plants are close enough. Not all grow lights are created equal, so some require the plants to be closer to be more effective. Right, yeah, so also check, if you're using a grow light, check your specifications on that grow light. Like the one we have in our outdoor enclosure, they just need to be within six to seven feet from the grow light to get the full effect of the UV. Right. And with our eight foot enclosure and the important plants that we purposely put in there being roughly two feet tall, it works out just fine. Right. All right. So when you have the container in a secure place, put down the drainage layer. Plants sitting in standing water will develop root rot and could infect other plants. Standing water also allows mold to grow, which can spread to your critter's home when transferred. You can purchase a patio or indoor garden kits that'll come with containers that have a drainage layer built in. These work well and I have used them successfully, but they can be expensive. Two to three inches of small rock will work perfectly to replace that drainage layer. Yeah, and it just needs to be some sort of gravel, um, usually uniform rocks, uh, like the, the Tennessee River rock that you can buy at at home stores is too uniform and it compacts too much and you don't get a good drain. So really you want the jagged rocks. Like aquarium gravel. Aquarium gravel works well, yeah, because it's um, irregular shapes. Yeah. But also um, lava rock, fantastic drainage layer. Absolutely. Lava rock's useful for a lot of different things in this line of work. Not plants, what we do. And plants. Well, yeah, but plants is part of what we do. Also fire pits. 
I do. All right, so next you need to put the soil and any fertilizer you're going to use on the drainage layer, compacting it slightly. Avoid dumping the soil. You want to add the soil in layers of two to three inches until the container is full. If you are using fertilizer, you can either mix the soil and the fertilizer together before placing it in the container or make a thin layer of fertilizer between each layer of soil. I've done both and haven't noticed a difference in plant growth or health, so it's more of a personal preference here. Yeah, uh, for the most part I use um, layers because the plants will grow down through the layers and each with each uh, successive growth, they find more nutrients. Right. Uh, I do that both indoor and outdoor gardens, so right. it works well. Do you even do that with like your little herb garden that you have in the windowsill? Yes. Cool. Especially anything that's in a container, I do layers. But you do want to compact the soil layers every two to three inches and not like press down hard. Just like run your hands over it like, uh, like you're patting a dog. All right, so now that we have all that done, it's time to place your plants. Use a grid system and establish a plan before placing your plants. This may sound OCD or over the top, and it might be, but you'll thank me later when your plants are healthy and you know what is growing and where. We usually use some graph paper. Uh, clearly mark the front of both uh, the paper and the container so that you don't turn it and think all of your plants at the front are actually in the back. I've done that before too. <laughs> So you want to establish how much room each plant will need and mark it on the layout. So not every plant, as we discussed, will need the same amount of room. If it's something like um, like pothos, those can be trimmed. So if you're just doing it to keep something growing, you don't need to let it spread like you would in an enclosure. So you can trim it down and right. keep it within your grid. If it's something like lettuce, or cabbage you are going to take cuttings off of those most likely you're not going to plant that in a critter's enclosure but it's for food so you'll probably take cuttings off of that so just be aware of how much room you're going to need for it to get to maturity right and that's especially important if you're using if you're planting plants from seed right because you don't have that uh, visual of where they are when you put them in at first right and just, an, just another quick tip here. If you are using your plants and not growing from seed, be sure to wash your plants in warm water before transferring them. Yeah, warm, cooler than what you would wash your hands in, but you don't want to wash them in cold water because it can shock the plants and kill them uh, before you even plant them. And if you wash them in hot water, of course, you're going to cook them. A good point of reference is what you would... Whatever you would wash your critter in for that environment, wash your plants in as well. You need to do that because most nurseries will use soil with pesticides or treat the plants with pesticides. They don't want the crawlies. But we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are beneficial to us. And there are some um, there are some nurseries that don't use any kind of pesticides. And I'm not we're not just talking about um, like the chemical pesticides. You can go to um, a nursery that is organic. And they still use pesticides. Right. So it, it's just a natural pesticide. Yeah, it's a pesticide that would kill the bugs, but yeah. not necessarily hurt and a critter. Organic is um, just a buzzword right now. It, You can still use pesticides, even chemical pesticides, up to a certain percentage. And that, that's different from state to state. Right. So even though it's organic there's still pesticides being used most likely. 
even if the person you're buying your plants from is like your best friend and they reassure you there's no pesticides, wash them anyway. Yeah, it's not going to hurt. It, it takes like another minute of your time. Yeah. And then you're not transferring any kind of soil disease or mold or, you know, unwanted creepy crawlies. Right. Even though they're not creepy. <laughs> Some of them are pretty creepy. Like millipedes. So many legs. Yeah. But we love them. We do. Okay. So now you're ready. Place a plant or a seed into the hole and cover. If you're using seeds, fully cover the seed. There's no need to make a mound. Like you see on TV or in cartoons, especially. Just make sure to cover it and make sure it's not too deep. On the seed packaging, it'll tell you how deep it needs to be planted. And that's just you know, a rough estimate. You don't have to be exactly two inches down. If you're using plants instead of seeds, cover the roots as they were in the container you purchased them in. And then add about half an inch of soil or so above that. Make your holes the correct depth. Never compact the soil around the plants or the seeds. The next step will take care of that. Mark each plant location with some sort of marker that will help you remember where and what it is. Yeah. I use popsicle sticks, which are great because they're cheap and you can ride on them and just throw them away at the end of the season if you're doing it seasonally or you know, they can stay there forever and when they start to rot they add nutrients back into the soil yeah it's about the same in your outdoor garden by the end of the season most of them are rotted away yeah so once everything is planted water thoroughly the first watering will compact the soil but not compress the roots or the seed water each plant or seed until a small puddle forms don't worry this is just a soak through the soil the water will drain away if you set up the drainage layer correctly if the puddle stays you have a drainage issue and need to start again to have healthy plants most plants need to be watered from the top down. However, there are some plants like cabbage that doesn't like water on the leaves. So just be sure to check each of your plants to see what they need. Which yeah, I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive about cabbage because it's out in the open and it gets rained on and the water sets on top. But it doesn't like those big waterings on top of its leaves. They'll start to rot away. And that's where you get the leaf rot on the outer leaves. Most plants, uh, if you take a close look, funnel everything to the center where the roots are. Right. Yeah. You can, you can actually see the, the lines that run, which I find fascinating. I loved watering the rattlesnake plant and watching it literally like go straight down the center towards the bottom. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. It's, uh, plants are neat and very useful. I know some of our listeners are going to have this question, so I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Okay. If you want to do large amounts of plants, yeah, but can't afford a greenhouse, mm-hmm. if you live in a climate where they can grow properly, is it okay to grow them outside without the use of pesticides? Yeah. I mean, I would do that even, even if I could afford a greenhouse. The more you can grow in natural soil, uh, meaning in the ground, the better. Uh, the mint we grow, some of our critters enjoy snacking on. Yeah, not a lot. It It's not good for them in large quantities. It's yeah. not a staple food. It's a treat. Yeah, a treat. Like the dog treats, but mintier. He's not big boned. He's fat. Because they can root deeper, and depending on the plant, the deeper the root, the healthier it's going to be because it can pull nutrients from deeper in the earth. Does that make it harder for you to harvest them and keep them from getting uh, going into shock and dying? It can. So you'll want to harvest the newer sprouts 
and let the old one stay there as a anchor. So that's only for um, perennials, though, because you know annuals are going to die off anyway. So right. It doesn't really matter. You know, we didn't mention the difference between those this whole episode. There might be people who are just getting into plants and not know what we just said. Almost everything you want to do for a critter, it's going to be a perennial. So that means that year after year it returns. But it's not as pertinent to discuss that. focus of the episode was greenhouse growing. Right. That's really ir- irrelevant because there is no season. Yeah. But like uh, lettuce, cabbage, you have a, depending on the, the species, um, 90 to 180 days from seed to death. So if you're doing um, annuals, which means they die off every year and you have to replant, You'll want to space out when you plant them to make sure there's always something replacing it. And if you're doing that indoor or in a greenhouse, you can keep that going all year round. They don't really care what time of year it is. They just want warm soil and lots of sunlight. Yeah. Well, anything else you got to add? No, I think that'll do it. All right. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like comment follow us or subscribe i still don't know the term for the podcast subscribe uh leave us a review tell us what you think go follow our patreon as well as all of our socials and we'll see you next week Bye. bye They don't want the crawlies. But we do. He's not big boned. He's fat.